His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. Wow, that was such a good word. That is the key of everything. It just really is. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, because I don't feel called to the homeless. I don't. That's not particularly what I do. But where I am, I'm called. And where you are, there are poor. It can be your brothers and sisters around you. It's somebody hurting. We are all called to the poor. And, and um, I think when we begin to understand the riches of Christ, which is what I think you were sharing, Zach, then we understand our call. We're rich. You know, uh, Ron was just telling me a story of uh, a lady that ran out of gas next to a homeless man, and the homeless man had $20, and he went and got her gas, put it in her car, walked to the gas station, put the gas in the car, and then uh, she was so overcome by it, she did a GoFundMe page and told his story on Facebook or whatever you do with GoFundMe, and they raised $400,000, and he was able to buy himself a home. Now that is the poor giving to the poor and enlarging. And I thought that, I think that's incredible. You know, I love, you know, Jody was talking about how the, the kids are good to Kirsten at school. The word of kindness is growing. Isn't that amazing? That, that everyone's our brothers, and we really, really need to care. And so I, I love that. I just, to me, that's just right up my alley. That's just right my heart. I'd had a, I'd shared this once, but I'd had an awesome time. Went to TJ Maxx, and I was with Haley, and the line was forever. And I ended up sitting next to an old man who had a crutch, you know. And so we got talking about he just had aneurysm surgery. And so we talk about that. And, and um, he's just real down. And I said, you know, my father-in-law had that, and he had to have dialysis and for 10 years. You haven't had to have that. And I said, God's just taking care of you. And, and he said, now my knee hurts. And so I'm like, can I pray for your knee? And so we just talked, and I just started encouraging him that he was loved that God really cared about him. Because, you know, when you get older and you get sick and you get lame, you know, it can be when you're younger too, you know, but when you you feel that. And, you know, I just prayed for him. And then his wife came up, and I think she had Parkinson's because she was shaken. And, and so then I started praying with her and talking with her. And there was this line all around us going into the um, – TJ Maxx, it was going into the lineup, and so there was people all around, well, I didn't see them, because I'm talking to them, and I'm praying with them, and I turned around, and people were smiling everywhere, and it was like the peace of the Lord descended on TJ Maxx, and I'm just going to tell you that's who we are. We are that everywhere. I'm going to tell you, if you're at work, you don't have to look far for somebody that's hurting. You don't have to, or depressed, or discouraged. And I mean, daggone it, that's a hard thing not to get your bonus. That's hard. That hurts, you know? I mean, especially a young family that like that, expecting that. I know all of you have need and funds that you need to. But I just felt like when he shared that, and I knew he wasn't sharing it for any one reason, but I felt like we were supposed to take an offering. And so anybody's got cash, because I know you don't, we don't carry much, but anybody's got cash, I just want you to give an offering for Zach and Brandy's um, 
Yes. I'm just going to. Merry Christmas, Zach and Brandy, we love you. You're our family. Jesus, I ask you to do that work in all of us, just greater and greater and greater. Lord, our hearts are to be you on the earth. Lord, bless Paul and Laura and Ron and Raina today as they hand out all the loot that they got and God, I thank you for that. I thank you for their hearts. Lord, Laura said she just comes alive, just going among the homeless. Lord, I just can see her doing that. Father, let us come alive where we are called. We're not all Robbie Dawkins's. We may not all be Paul Manwarings, but God, we're who you made us to be, and we're all made to be lovers. So teach us how to love, more love, Lord in this season. Well, it's funny because right now, you know, I, Christmas season for us has been a time of great loss. <laughs> and that, uh, yay, we've had a lot of hard seasons in, at Christmas season. And um, so anyway, John and Jess left Monday and we all bawled and Tuesday. Yeah, whatever day. And Ron and I cried, and they cried, and the kids cried. And, and you know, it's hard. So now we're having electronic relationship, which I thank God for <laughs> in this nation. But I, you know, we're getting pictures of here's the San Francisco market, and here's the, <laughs> you know, because they, they flew out. But, you know, I want to say, and I want to thank God. I know a lot of you prayed for us, but he sustained us, and we weren't sad all week. And we're moving on. And I can tell you honestly that the joy of the Lord is just everything that we live. It's just who we are. He just is. And so saying that, and it seemed like I had one more announcement. Um, I was going to tell about that. And, oh, Mike Persinger is doing pretty well. Um, Marty uh, said that he wasn't in pain. Um, it was able to walk, and the pain is gone. So we'll probably see them pretty soon. But, um he actually needs his other knee done. So pray for grace for that. Because <laughs> one knee is like bowed crooked and the other one leg is straight. So anyway, but he really was with him. And I know that they have felt the presence and prayers of everybody. Well, the Lord wo- woke me up this morning. And I wasn't feeling real well yesterday. Dealing with the, and I want to tell you a word we heard. This is, and, and Heather kind of confirmed it, but it was a word we heard because um, we were listening to some health thing. And they said, when there are viruses or bugs or things around and you start talking about it, it multiplies them. 
And I guess that's the power of our words. I don't know, but, oh, my kids are sick. Oh, my, you know, and we've all done it. And they said, they weren't Christians that even said it. They said, fear comes in and multiplication begins. Now, if that isn't how the enemy works. And so I just want to say, guard your words. And so, yeah, we all are dealing with a little bit of things this season, and we're just getting our immunities for the season in Jesus' name. So I was getting my immunities yesterday. And, uh, but when I'm getting my immunities, I, I feel a little discouraged. You know, I don't like it. And so uh, kind of had had a, a down, discouraging day and was just praying through the night. And I just heard the Lord say to me today, when I woke up this morning, who owns the garden? Who owns the garden? You're all the garden. You're his garden. We're his garden of Eden. Who owns the garden? And I read a word where, you know, Satan comes in, serpent comes in, this is our warfare, and tells you something's wrong in the garden. You're not doing something right. Uh, Anybody relate to that nothing's ever going to be right in your garden and you sit and listen to him and you get beat up in fact before you even get up in the morning you're beat up anybody ever had that that's a snake in the garden and they said kick it out he was defeated put your put your foot on him the problem is sometimes you don't recognize it as a snake you think it's you you think you're trying to figure things out so He asked me this morning, who owns the garden? You do, Lord. Okay. Whose work is it? Whatever you are doing, father, mother, business owners, uh, co-workers, musicians, uh, for Ron and I, pastor, uh, uh, mother and father, grandparents, uh, all the things that we are, okay? Whose work is it? I'm like, yours? Then why are you worrying about it? Whose children are these? Now, I'm going to tell you that when you get your little babies, you think it's always going to be that way, and it needs to be in your mind that it is. No, they're not going to grow up and get married and leave you. No, they're not. And, and you, I love the commercial where the little girl's driving and she's still his little baby. That is, and, and get over it, you, you younger ones, your parents will always, always see you as your babies. I can remember Jacob just... And, and Jared come into our house with Haley and the little skinny Jacob and little skinny Jared and, and all of them wrestling and doing plays and all kinds of, you know, they will always be that to me because that's in my head. You know, that's what moms and dads do. They will always be that way. I still remember April, the little teenager in our neighborhood. I mean, I just do. They're, they're, they'll, you know, so I'm like, April, you're so sweet. And I'm thinking, April, you're so sweet. <laughs> you know, I just do. But, you're, but you grow up, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, these children, whose are they? And that's all of you, because I look at you as all our children, and I'm like, 
okay? Well, when we lost David, when we lost Jacob, I had to come to, I could not get healed or any kind of peace until I finally said, David is yours. And I can tell you there's nothing inside of you that wants to say, even if you do say, I know my children are the Lord's. I know all of you are the Lord's. I know all this work is the Lord's. I just believe it with all my heart. I believe it. The, the work is the Lord's. Deep down inside, there's a thing in you that wants to take responsibility. And you let one of those things be taken and then say, it's the Lord's. And so the Lord was asking me, whose children are these? And I was thinking of John and Jess or whatever, you know. Whose? Can I watch over my works to complete them? Can he? I, I think some of this is just going to go over some, some, of the, some of your heads. I do. Because maybe your works are still your works. But I'm telling you there comes a point when your works can't be anymore. I, I'm going to tell you, and you know, Zach was describing it. When you're broken and you're sitting there, your works aren't your works anymore. When you lose your children and you can't take them back, your works aren't your works anymore. Can I, wa and the Lord asked me, can I watch over my works, whoops, works to complete them? Can I? Can he? Then why are you worrying? What's all the stress about? Because you're still working over your works. Because it's still your children, and it's still your works, and it's still your money, and it's still your jobs, and it's still your whatever. And I'm like, Lord, set us free. Set us free. He said, all my works are perfection. There's a scripture that says that. Ron and I both. Healing is not my responsibility. Now, I'm not telling you we aren't partnering. I'm not telling you with all of you. I don't pray for you and feel care for you. But the Lord is saying it's not your responsibility. It's not my responsibility we have revival in Owen County or America. I mean, I went 11 times to Israel praying, got to lay hands on Benjamin Netanyahu for Jerusalem to become the capital and all the things to happen. But it wasn't my responsibility. It wasn't me that did it. I just did what I was supposed to be doing at the moment. The poor are not your responsibility. I'm going to tell you why. Because if you're partnering with him, you'll care for him. Because they're his. And that's everybody. I'm telling you, the church has got in this works mode, and I'm not just talking us, where everything is about what we do, what we do, what we do, and there is a stress of trying to be something that you'll never be. None of you. You're trying too hard. I am. Healing isn't our responsibility, then just relax. Do what I'm telling you to do and relax and let me heal. Oh, okay. But it doesn't seem like it's working right now. What are we supposed to do? Aren't we supposed to pick up? No, I mean it, seriously. 
So I started talking to him. I said, you own the garden. Sometimes we have to lay things down. But I'm going to tell you, he wants a life work laying down. This work is yours. The fruit is yours. I read a story one time. It was with, um, I, I read a story one time with, um, oh, what's her name? She, had a, she went to heaven. She had a vision. Um, she was a part of uh, God TV. What was her name? Yes, Wendy Alex, and I have her book. Anyway, and when she was in heaven, she met a man who had gotten bitter after 25 years working in the mission field. And he worked on the mission field for 25 years and sowed and did all of this stuff and shared the gospel, had a school of ministry and did all of these things. And at the end of 25 years, he was burnt out, worn out, and went home. And then others came in, and all their ministries flourished. So he's in heaven. He went to heaven, but he was bitter the last few years of his life. And the Lord spoke to him and said, none of that could have happened if you hadn't have been the one that plowed the ground. Why did you get bitter? The works aren't yours, and the results and the fruit are not yours. Why would you get bitter? Another one that I, you know, I've always wondered about this. First of all, Moses was under the law. Abraham and Noah were not under the law. The Bible says that Abraham was perfect in all his ways. Perfect. Uh, Noah was perfect before God. Anybody try to be perfect? No way. Okay. Why? Because all God was looking for was faith. He was looking for faith. He was looking for faith and faith, faith and obedience to him. So Noah and Abraham were perfect before God. But Moses didn't get in that mix, even though the Lord said Moses was faithful in all his house. So it was a big deal that God spoke about Moses. But Moses didn't get in that. Why? Because the law came. And Moses had to do everything right at this point. So did David, by the way. They had to do everything right. They were under the law. Guess what? We're not anymore. But they were. They were under a law. They had to be. They had, had this standard that had to happen for them. And so Moses had ministered all those years to all of those children of Israel, and he'd had it because they were doing the same problem they'd been doing all those years, and they hadn't quit. And they were complaining because they had no water, and he'd had it. And he hit the rock twice. And it kept him out of the promised land. Now, I believe if Moses hadn't been under the law, that Moses would have said, I'm sorry, God, and he would have got to go in the promised land. But the law could not allow him in. So I said, Lord, why did Moses do that? I've always looked at that. You know, don't walk faithful all these years and then lose it. You know, I've always looked at he was faithful all these years and he lost it. Why? Why? Has anybody ever wondered, why did Moses lose it after all these years? The man who was considered faithful in all God's house, why did he lose it? I'm going to tell you why he lost it. Because he took responsibility. He thought the work was his. He took responsibility, and the responsibility became the weight. And you can't take the responsibility. Because Jesus Christ already did. 
We're not under the law anymore. We can ask for forgiveness. But God is asking us to come into a place where we don't carry the works. Jesus said, my burden is easy and my burden is light. If things are going good, prospering, and good things are happening, then is the work yours? If people are praising what you're doing, is it then the work is yours? If things are going the way you wanted them to, and, and everyone can see it, is the work yours then? Is it? Is the work yours? Are you God? Would you want my credit and my glory? Men know how to praise each other and praise themselves, and I'm not talking about genuine honor here. Jesus said, he who speaks on his own authority seeks to win honor for himself. But he who seeks the glory and is eager for the honor of him who sent him is true. And there is no unrighteousness in him. He's perfect. He's perfect. Psalm 115 is an amazing psalm, I think. And it was after an incredible battle. It was after an incredible battle when um, I think they think it was Jehoshaphat where he couldn't do anything. Glorify your name. Yes, your name alone be glorified, not ours. For you are the one who passionately loves us and you are faithful and true. Your name alone be glorified. Jesus said that everything in your life was to come from him. You're not to live for the honor and glory of men. You can have two people with the same talent, gifted, gifted, and one the whole world praises and acclaims. I've seen it. And the other one no one notices. Same gifts, same amazing gifts. I'm going to tell you, what do you do with that? Are you living for the glory of man? Or are you living for the glory of God? You guys, this church, we're called to live for the glory of God. You may be gifted beyond belief, but live to the glory of God of God. If he wants to promote your gift, you know the world praises the gifts. But Jesus said that the man was a fool who worked all these years to build up what he could have. And he didn't give glory to God. Herod died with worms because he didn't give glory to God. I count it, and I repented, a sin. And so I'm going to tell you a sin. I haven't talked about it. But it's a sin 
when you think the responsibility is on you and you look for the glory of man. Moses got bitter because he took responsibility. God doesn't, that man got bitter that looked from heaven. What if you were called to raise one child to love Jesus? Why is it that some people get married and they have children and children and children and another couple gets married and they can't have any? Does God love either one less? Is the one who had eight to glory more than the one that wasn't given any? God doesn't see things like we do. Jesus said, I want you to live for me and my glory. Stress will come off us when we start being content in who we are and what we are. You know, I'll just say it, you know, when John started, and I do love Reading. I don't want to live in Reading. Reading is huge and tons of activity, and I like Owen County. But when I started hearing Reading, Reading, Reading from a son that's going to move, it was hard. And I didn't want to not like Reading anymore. I didn't. I wanted to still like that place. I, seriously. But if Reading is the big honor of God place and Owen County, where I'm called to live, is the nothing place, then where am I? What if God doesn't see any of it that way? If he says, you're to live for my glory, then anywhere I put you is glorious. Anywhere I put you is glorious. I'm sorry, but I see glory on every one of you in your lives. I know you and how you've lived. I've watched you walk through your trials. I've watched you love Jesus. And you're glorious. And this area is glorious because we've given it to God. It's not ours. God has been speaking to me so deeply because I've been saying, Lord, I don't want to come to this place, Ron and I getting older, and take responsibility. I want to be free to be a child before you at this age not striving or looking for uh, badges or looking for, look at my business, look what I do, look at my money. Jesus called it a fool. The world could give you the acclaim forever. I'd heard a story of a man who did all these incredible things and somebody was preaching about him and all the incredible things this guy did. And yeah, it might be nice to read a book about that because it is amazing what God does through people. But the man lived unto the glory of himself. And in the end, Jesus said, you're going to stand before me. And all I'm going to ask is, what did you do for me? What if you've won the whole world? 
The whole world is acclaiming you. They love your talents. They love who you are. And at the very end, Jesus says, where are you? You didn't do it for me. That's the message, not prosperity. And I think prosperity is good. Not riches, not great businesses, not all of the things the world sees. But what are we doing for him? I think we need to look in the mirror and go, I see you, Jesus, and what I am is who you are. Who owns me? What works am I doing? Who are they for? And then I can't do them, so I can't carry the responsibility of doing that either. I just have to let go and let you do the works in me. I have to let go and let you live through me to the end of my life and not grasp on. I have to let go of my kids and let him live through them and not grasp on. God is calling us into freedom. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor hard and feel fatigued and are weighed down and overburdened. I will give you rest and I'll cause you to be refreshed with life joy. Now, that does not mean when you get a breakthrough. That means right now. Refreshed with life joy right now. Refreshed right now. Not when you get your vacation you've been hoping for forever. Anybody? Lord, I declare that over Josh and Brian. They're, they're gone, and I declare them refreshed with life joy. Lord, they've been stressed. Refresh them with life joy. Refresh all of you with life joy. Jesus said, walk with me, take my hand, and let me teach you. That's the yoke right here. Jesus, which way do we go? Jesus, this looks like a hard road. Oh, you'll, you'll help me. Oh, you carry me over that one. Oh, where are we going now? Oh, I feel kind of afraid. Oh, thank you. Your arm's around me. Oh, Jesus, I didn't know we'd be facing cancer. Oh, you're here too. Okay. All right, I'll smile. Okay, Jesus. Yeah, I like walking with you. It's wonderful. It's joy. It's peace. It's life joy. Take my hand and let me teach you because I'm a gentle and I'm humble. And my heart is so tender, kindness towards you. Then you'll find your home resting place in me. Who are we living for? Where is it? For my friendship, walking together, hand in hand, is so good and so full of joy, peace, grace, and my work is mine. So guess what his work is? You. You. He took responsibility for you so you could be his child. Paul said, you need to be free in the freedom you were called to again because somehow you picked up all this bondage. I want you to be free. I want to be free to be the children 
who just rest. Take his, take his hand and find your home in him. For my friendship, walking together, is full of joy and peace. And my work is mine. It's my responsibility. I do the work. You just walk with me. Jesus did not say we did the work. He said, I do the work. That's a big deal. We're not taught that anywhere except in the Bible. I do the work. You just walk with me. This is how we walk. His ways are ways of goodness and grace, and his paths are peace. John 16, 33. I speak to you that you may stay free in peace, prosperity, and rest. So put your name in there. I speak to you. And he put my name in there, Teresa. I speak to you that you can stay free. His paths are peace. In the word, your atmosphere, the condition around you, in your world, I'm sorry, in your world, I'm peace. In your world, your atmosphere, that's the condition around you right now. Your world, your world. There is pressure, Jesus knew it, affliction, anguish, persecution, and heartache. In your world, there are those things. Everybody here has those things. Jesus didn't say we weren't going to not have them. But in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. But have courage. Be comforted with my joy. Because I have absolutely conquered everything. Everything. Victorious in all the world. I've conquered it. The prince of this world is judged and defeated. So I read a verse... And this was the bottom line, because I'm like, Lord, you own the garden, you own me. And I looked up perfect work. Well, when I grew up, the Bible teachings of be perfect was try to be good. So all the responsibility. So you've got this older generation who heard the word in that way. And we've tried to give more and more grace through the years and speak more grace message because we've seen it. But growing up, I heard be perfect. Well, that meant that I was at the altar every Sunday 5,000 times because I had to do a perfect work, and I couldn't. And so after a while, I got tired of it and decided to be bad. I just went through a season of, I'm, well, I'm tired of being good, so I'm just going to be bad. You know what? We don't need to be either one. We need to be his. He's not looking at you as bad or good. He's looking at you as you're his perfect work. You're his child. So I looked up perfect work because I was looking up Moses, and I was just looking up perfect work. And I think that's crazy. Perfect work. Where would that come from? James 1.4. Let cheerful, hope-filled endurance, patience in the waiting, have full play in you, and do a thorough, complete work, body, soul, and spirit. And I told Ron this was kind of cool. Let this work that he's doing in you, this hope-filled endurance, this patience, patience in the waiting, this full-play work, walking with him, body, soul, and spirit, make you completely whole. God wants to make you whole. 
He wants to make your body whole. He isn't into sickness. He wants to make your spirit whole so it's not full of worry and stress. Well, you don't have to deal with high blood pressure because you're worried. Peace. And he wants to make your mind whole. He wants to make us whole. Body, soul, and spirit. And this is how it happens. Let patience have its perfect work, endurance, perfect work, entire complete work of perfect wholeness. Healed and complete wholeness is actually what it means. Peace, joy, and righteousness, perfectly sound, entire in every part, complete, perfect, complete work, mental, moral, fullness, entire, complete in every part, perfectly sound, whole in body, soul, and spirit, absolutely lacking nothing. Now, your father sent his son so you would lack nothing. Absolutely lacking nothing. Absolutely lacking nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. I have no lack. I have no need. I have no need, no fear. And the rest of it is, meanwhile, uh, wait a minute, let's see if I finish it. Perfectly whole. Be whole as your father is whole. Be whole. Be complete. Let this work, this perfect work, be done in you. So, are you stressed? Is the season pushing on you? Or have you got things going on? Rest and let it have its perfect work. Its perfect work is that you become more whole. Its perfect work is you trust more. And back to the last verse, that 23rd Psalm, because I believe it's a work he's doing in all of us. The Lord is my shepherd. I've taken his hand. His yoke or arm is on my shoulder, and he's helping me. He's the leader of my heart and my soul, and I'm completely taken care of. You know, it's hard not to carry responsibility. I'm completely taken care of and provided for. I have no fear. Golly. God to make us fearless. How many have been up in the night worrying over your bills? How many have stressed over things? God's looking to make us perfect by letting go. By letting go. You can't do it. Anybody ever try to let go of something? And it's just right back there. I just prayed for that. I just gave that to you. I cast all my cares upon you. Anybody ever done that? Lord, I cast that upon you. I mean it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, it's going. And then you turn around, it's right there. Anybody ever done that? He's wanting to heal us this season and bring us into perfect rest. By letting go. I've asked for all of us to be able to let go. I don't know how. I can't tell you. But I'm trusting him that he knows how to do it in me. He wants 
a people full of power with no fear. He is my resting place. I'm completely taken care of. His love is my wholeness. This is Passion Translation. I love that. His love is my wholeness. His love is my place, my home of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. And he continually restores me, makes me whole, my life. And that's where we're at. You know, I believe life is a journey of endurance. And the more that you can let go and let him have the responsibility of your journey. John has a little tattoo on his arm that says, my journey is my journey. And the Lord told me something about that. He said, no, your journey is my journey. I own you. Yes, nobody has the same journey. I agree with that. But what I want to tell you is your life and your journey are his. He absolutely knows you. And he wants responsibility. So the only thing I know to do is tell you, let go to the one who conquered it all. I'm there. I pray we're all getting there. Let's stand. I want you to lay hands on um, just each other's shoulders. Just kind of get near somebody so you can do this. Okay, when you lay hands on a shoulder, I want you to press on it for a minute. Just press down on it. Anybody think that feels like the weight you've been carrying? Okay. Now I want the hands to be light. (laughs) This is Jesus' hands now. Father, how can we understand how incredible you are and that you created us and our journey for you. That's it. We were created for you. And you know everything we are and everything we need. In fact, I hear you saying it's taken care of. So Lord, right now we let go of everything consciously we know how. We let go. Lord, we tell you it's your responsibility. Not because we're telling you that, but because it already is and we're learning it. And so, Lord, right now we release peace and freedom. Lord, I release right now healing. I want you to release healing of body, soul, and spirit and everyone that you got hands on. Lord, we release healing, body, soul, and spirit. And Lord, everyone we're in contact today with, we are the heal, healing releasers. We release healing, wholeness. And we thank you, Father, that you have got our work our children, 
our garden, <laughs> our health, our finances. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. And Lord, multiply this seed and everyone that gave some of this seed back into their own lives and more. Lord, let us be able to give to others around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message. Jesus.